So we are in the middle of a series running through the Book of Acts. Um, we had a guest speaker last week, Mr. Michael Homer, um, who are very special people to me and La Luna. Um, and he went through the same story that we're going to look at today. But kids, you didn't look at that last week, so I figured I didn't want you to miss out because it's a good story. And so I'm just going to do a small bit on it. But grown-ups, if you weren't here last week and you want to listen to Mike, he is on the podcast. We've got his recording already up on the podcast. So you can have a listen to that. Uh, it, it was really, really good and really worth listening to. And I'm not going to repeat anything of what he said. I've got just one little bit that I want to talk about this morning. But before we get there, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever experienced an epic fail? Do you know what I mean by an epic fail? Anyone know what I mean by an epic fail? Well, do you know what? I, you don't have to explain it. Noah, first one. My best yep, my best fails. <laughs> epic fails, every last one of them. So an epic fail is when something goes wrong. You try something, you slip up, sometimes quite literally, and you hurt yourself, you look a bit foolish. Uh, they usually happen in public spaces or else when someone else has got a camera on you. If you remember the old days, basically you've been framed was full of them before we knew what epic fails were. Now, of course, sometimes your epic fail isn't actually your fault. Next one, Noah. Me and Sometimes someone is mean and makes you have an epic fail. It's not your fault at all. And then sometimes it's a bit of a long-term vendetta. Noah, next one, mate. Oh, look at all that hard work and just swept away. And then again. And then again. Oh, and then again. Every single last cup gone. Just mean. Mean, right? Horrible. <laughs> See, sometimes people just have it in for you. And they will, like that poor man and his partner is coming along, just kicking along, all his hard work, just as he's about to put that last one on. No need for it, is there? No need. Mean absolutely mean. Now today we're looking at Paul's life, which reminds me a little bit of that last one. Now you might wonder what I'm talking about, so tell you what, let's watch the next video and then I'll explain it. The Miracle of Mercy. Paul. This is Saul. Saul was a Pharisee who hated the followers of Jesus so much that he would hunt them down to be brought to trial in Jerusalem. And he would even seek to murder them. Saul was 
uttering threats with every breath, and he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He asked him to write a letter to the Jews in Damascus that would allow him to arrest any Christians he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Now Saul went on his way, and as he came near Damascus, a light from heaven flashed around him, and he heard a voice that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul cried out, Who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus. Rise and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. So Saul got up and he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see anything. So the men who were with Saul led him into the city. After three days, a man named Ananias came to Saul. He put his hands on Saul and immediately Saul could see again. And with that, Saul became a follower of Jesus. He became the very thing he had tried to hunt, and he immediately began telling people that Jesus is the Son of God, and he taught them about the mercy of God that he had received. And all who heard him were amazed. He then went by a new name, Paul, as he began preaching not just to the Jewish people, but to everyone. Despite many difficulties like being imprisoned, shipwrecked, and narrowly escaping death multiple times, Paul continued to preach about Jesus. Paul said that he would do everything he could to save people and help them know God. And that's just what he did in order to reach people who would otherwise be unreached. And many came to know Jesus because of what Paul said. Paul taught many in his day through his letters, but even more have come to learn more about Jesus through the letters of Paul that can be read even to this day. There's the life of Paul. Why do I think Paul reminds me of that last video a little bit where the guy was faithfully, diligently putting all the cups up, building the most impressive cup towers, and then along comes his girlfriend and just, oh, oh, bumps into it, or comes along and goes, oh, 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 is that a load-bearing cup? Oh, no, it is. That's a shame. Why do I think he's like that? Well, see, Paul thought that he was like that girlfriend ruining the cup tower. He thought that he was knocking down the church's cups and he was stopping them from what they were supposed to be and do. You know, he devoted real time and effort and energy into this, even getting permission from the temple to go to another town and round up all the Christians there and bring them back so that they can be punished. You know, the Bible says, the first time we ever meet Paul, the Bible says that he approved of Stephen's death, the death that we talked about a month ago, uh, because Stephen refused to say that Jesus wasn't the way, the truth, and the life. Paul was there. He, I think it says something like he was holding their coats and he approved. This is who Paul was. He thought that he was coming along to what the church was building up and pulling out that load-bearing cup so that it will all come falling down, so that his way, his type of Judaism, his type of faith could carry on. But there's a problem, because on the way to Damascus, as we saw in the video, 
he meets Jesus, the one that he was going against, the one that he was saying, no, he is not the way. He meets him, he shines a bright light, and he realises that, okay, yeah, he is the girlfriend pulling down the cup tower, but he's also the guy building, trying to build the cup tower. He is trying to build a life for God, but he wasn't doing it the right way. And so the tables flip and Jesus becomes like the girlfriend who knocks the tower that he's trying to build down and says, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I don't know who you are. And so Jesus says, I am Jesus of Nazareth, the one that you are persecuting, the one that you are going after. See, without realising it, he was fighting the one that he wanted to love and honour and serve. And it was all his own deliberate action. But when he met Jesus, he saw how wrong he was. He'd made a mess of the life that he wanted to build and he needed to recover from this series of repeated self-fails, what the Bible calls sin. You see, why Paul's life looked good on the outside, and it did. In Philippians chapter 3, he lists all the good stuff that he could say, this is true of me. But compared to knowing Jesus, it was rubbish. His life looked good, it looked religious, it looked like everything was in order, but at the heart, Jesus wasn't there. And so actually, it was a mess. But thankfully, Jesus knows how to put Paul's life back together. Amen? Yes. The Lord took Paul's sight, and he didn't give it back straight away. If you think, it's a little bit like a spiritual detox, or a radical detox. Anyone done a detox diet? I'm putting my hand right down, because I haven't. (laughs) But I hear that you can do things like the cider vinegar diet, where you take, basically during the day, you just drink cider vinegar to kind of get your... um, calorie intake down it apparently the vinegar is supposed to get all the toxins out of you sounds great right um, let's all do it this week <laughs> no we're not because it sounds utterly insane but this the lord taking paul's sight away is a little bit like that he's kind of saying no you aren't going to rely on yourself for the next little bit it hasn't it's led you up to this point and it's not been good for you But after three days, he sent one of his followers to pray so that the sight would come back. And through all of this, the Lord turned Paul's life around and made him one of the most effective followers of Jesus history has ever known. As the video points out, Jesus made Paul's impact reach right down through to history so that you and me can get our Bibles and we can read his writings. And we can be encouraged and inspired by what God led him to write and build. And here's the point for today. Here is the bit that I wanted to share. Especially for you kids. You have got your lives ahead of you. And you need to, need, you need to know something. And what you need to know is you will have epic fails in your life. Do you know that? Noah, did you know you're going to have some epic fails in your life? Good, of course, is the right answer. You will have some epic fails in your life. Some are going to be accidents that happen through none of your own fault. They're going to just happen to you. And some of them are going to be really difficult to recover from. Some are going to be things that are done to you that are unfair. And they really will be unfair. Some are going to be things that you choose to do to others. And they are 
I've done things to others that have not been good in my life. Every single one of us choose to do things to others. A little bit like that girlfriend with her sustained vendetta against her partner with the, not ever letting him finish the cup tower. It might be that you do something to someone again and again over quite a bit of time before the Lord catches you away from it. Just like Paul, sometimes there will be things that you choose to do for quite a long time. But, yes, life has epic fails. But you will never experience, you will never commit a fail too big for God. Amen? Amen? He will always be able to reach down and lift you up. He will always be able to heal you when others have been unfair to you. He will. He knows what it's like. He will always be ready to forgive you for anything that you do wrong. If you commit a fail, if you do something nasty to someone else, he's ready to forgive you. He really is. Because you see, Paul went as far, that video told us, Paul went as far as murdering people because they wouldn't give up following Jesus. And yet God turned his life around and in included a lot of what he wrote in what we now call the Bible. I said earlier that Jesus knew how to put Paul's life back together again. The truth I want you to take home today, every single one of you, is that Jesus knows how to put your life together again. Amen? Amen. Let me give you an example. As a younger man, I was a bit stupid. I as a younger man, I was very stupid. But in one particular area of my life, I was silly. I got myself into debts. Credit cards, spending. Started off at university because they give you, what is the first thing they give you as a student? Have an overdraft. There you go. That's everything you need. You'll have to pay it back one day. But have an overdraft. Oh, and by, while you're at it, why not have a credit card? You deserve it. Oh, and oh, you're making the minimum payment. It, the balance is going up. But hey, we'll give you a credit rate limit. Yeah, you can, have, you can borrow more money. More money because they're earning more money, right? I was a stupid young man in my 20s. And it ended up affecting our life as a couple, as a family, because I had to pay those debts back. But you know what? God has been faithful and he's put those things back in place. He's taught me, he's given me wisdom so that I know how to treat and handle money better. He's given me a loving and gracious and forgiving wife who was shocked when she realised what she'd married into, but forgave me and has walked with me faithfully through it. That's just one area of my life. There are going to be all sorts of other areas of my life that, frankly, Jesus is still working on. But he knows how to put my life back together too. And we're going to break bread together today because it's because of the cross that this is all possible. Jesus' death on the cross means that our epic fails will never have the last word in our lives. Amen? Amen. They didn't in Paul's life. They haven't in mine. And actually, it isn't just Paul. Read your Bible. Almost every single human being in this book, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, has mucked up. Every single one of them. Even the heroes. 
And it's one thing for the bad guys to, have to record their mistakes, but even the good guys like King David, Paul, Peter, all of these people had epic fails, but the Lord led them through it and he recovered it. So kids, when you make mistakes, you can't make a mistake too big that God can't make it right. You need to know that. Grown-ups, because your life isn't over yet, you cannot make a mistake or a deliberate thing that is too big for God to turn it around. He is bigger than our darkest, dirtiest day. And it's all because of the cross. Because see, on the cross, the payment that we owe because of the things we've done wrong go where? They go on his shoulders. He takes them to the cross and they are nailed there and they're left behind. Every single nail that went into his hand, he said, take the bread because it is my body broken for you. He said, drink the wine or the cranberry juice if you're not old enough because this is my blood poured out for you. Every single thing I have ever done wrong in my life against God, against other people, against myself went on him. Every single thing you have done in your life that wasn't right, whether it was the right thing for the wrong reasons or the wrong thing for the right reasons or the wrong thing for the wrong reasons, he took it all. That is the kind of God that we have because he didn't want our fails to keep us away from him. So we are going to break bread together. Uh, we're going to sing a song while we do it. Parents, you know where your kids are with the Lord. If, they, if, if you know that they are made friends with Jesus and that they can come and take, then absolutely come, bring it with them. But I just encourage you, each one of you, come, get a bit of bread, get a, uh, one of the drinks that's appropriate for where you are right now, and just remember and celebrate the body and blood of Jesus Christ broken and shed for you. Amen. Amen.